0: Hello, my name is John Hendren, and this is BachCast, episode 47. In this episode, we're going to be returning to a work that we've investigated before, um, Bach's musical offering. And what we've been hearing in the background here is his Ricercar Car in three parts. Um, just a quick recap about this work. This is uh, BWV 1079 And it's a, it's a big work. It, uh, it can take up a CD or more, uh, which means it's, you know, usually takes more than 60 minutes to get through it. And it's a collection of, of different pieces. And I I, calling them pieces probably isn't as accurate as we could be. You could think of them as, as puzzles. And why would Bach write a series of puzzles, a trio sonata and a set of fugues? Um, and why would he call them uh, a very archaic term, a reacher car? So if you remember the story, or if you don't, Bach was invited to come to Potsdam and play for Frederick the Great, where Bach's son, Carl Philipp Emanuel, was employed uh, as a keyboard player. He also Wrote music, um, and Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach, was somewhat famous during this time period for being able to uh, compose contrapuntal music. And we think today as composers, I think, at least in my mind, I think of a composer as someone who has a pencil in hand, who sits down with score paper or something like that, and is uh, basically writing notes down, and I, I don't think uh, that is an accurate picture of the way Bach uh, Bach's mind worked. I think he was obviously someone who could sit down and write music on paper, but the, the act of composition was something that you could do um, through sound. You, you would You could sing it, you could play it on an instrument, Um, and Bach was famous for this, being able to uh, make up or improvise, if you will, music at a keyboard. Uh, He was very famous as an organist. So he comes and the king presents him a theme, and it's somewhat of a joke, I think. Uh, At least that's the way that um, some have described it, that the... The king gives Bach an impossible task. Uh, he says, "Can you play a fugue with this theme?" And he goes over supposedly to a piano. And that's in this performance. This is a um, this is one of those two CD versions of the musical offering. Um, this was uh, the group doesn't really have a name, although you probably will recognize some of these names. Um, we have Gottfried van der Goltz, who is, has been the leader of the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra. He's on violin and viola in this, in this uh, album. We have Karl Kaiser, who is well-known in those circles in, in, in Cologne, Germany, on flute. And the keyboard player is Michael Berenger. Uh, who plays both harpsichord and the forte piano, and the forte piano might be a uh, an apt instrument here uh, if we believe the story that Frederick the Great goes over to one of his new Silverman pianos and pecks out this theme, this very chromatic theme. Um, and of course, when you are introducing notes that don't belong to the key, you can... Uh, you can guess that it may introduce some complexity to trying to build a fugue around such a theme. And he does this. He gives Bach a a very long and chromatic theme and says, um, so if you're so good, uh, create a fugue. And Bach uh, supposedly that evening sits down and composes a three-part fugue. Uh, And the Reacher car and it's usually described a uh, three uh, for three parts uh, It's kind of a neat piece. Um, I like it. It's uh, this, this performance, uh, this recording, I think it's, it's a, it's a good reading of this. And frankly, I don't have like a favorite reading of the, the fugue. I mean um, there are some, some parts in this where things take off in thirds and, um, It's just a good, entertaining fugue. Um, Some of the editions I have obviously aren't on the piano, they're on the harpsichord, but uh, either way, I think um, it's a good piece. And me personally, I studied it some because when I was in uh, college, I took on the um, task of writing uh, a fugue myself. And I wanted to use the royal theme as a challenge because I knew it would be a difficult thing to write, uh, to use as a subject. And so I ended up writing my own piece using, uh, this same theme. And so, uh, I, I did study at some length box to solutions. So Bach is told, okay, well, that was good. Could you do it in six parts? And he has to go back and, uh, basically improvise a six-part fugue. Uh, if you know anything about Bach's fugues, they typically are in three and four parts. If we look at, for instance, at the well-tempered clavier, and so writing a six-part fugue is difficult. Writing it with a chromatic theme as presented um, may it just ups the ante of being an impossible task. And so Bach goes home. He perhaps is bothered by the fact that he was not satisfied with the results. And he goes about preparing a manuscript to send to Frederick the Great. Uh, you can imagine he's, he's a proud father. He doesn't want to appear uh, incapable in, in, uh, to his son's employer. Um, who knows what all was involved, but he, he must have put everything else on hold and work this out, and even to the point where he's he's spelling out um, puzzles, like the word reach a car is used because he can spell something out with, with the letters. Um, and he does something kind of interesting. He, <clears throat> he presents a trio sonata, which is what we looked at in a very early episode of Bachcast, and we hear that theme there. Uh, that royal theme is so it's called. And it's interesting because it's sort of the modern version of um, Bach in this work. Uh, there are elements of that trio sonata that really speak to more of uh, Bach's son's style maybe than the father. Although I don't think there's any doubting that the that Bach's genius is behind it, his style is behind it, but it, you know... Um, even the transverse flute, which would have been the king's instrument, the violin, you know, it just has this modern feel to it, um, and yet it's still Bach. You know, Bach wrote for the, the same combination of instruments in the fifth Brandenburg concerto, so it's not that weird that he writes in, in, in style or what he does, but when you look at the rest of the collection, which is a series of canons and puzzles, and I'm going to talk about why they're puzzles, but and these fugues, uh, they tend to be very old-fashioned, and that's really the the opposite of the music that Frederick the Great favored in his court that was very much unlike the music that folks in his court were was writing, uh, including his son. And so Bach set about to almost prove himself and to to give merit to those old ways and took on the challenge with a, a special vigor. I mean, um, he writes really great music. Now, the puzzles. He, he gave solutions uh, in, in presenting the theme, the royal theme, in situations where the music's not all written out. And This requires further study and not something that we're going to have the time to investigate in this episode because I want to focus on that Reach your car in six parts. That six-part fugue that he wrote out for keyboard Um, But the puzzles are interesting because um, the solutions weren't provided and it's it's um, It was sort of a in-your-face type thing. I think to say, okay uh, here's a here's the theme that you presented and it just so happens that I've put some clues in the music, but I'm not writing it all out. And so it became sort of a, a puzzle, if you will, to figure out how to play this music. Um, very interesting. Um, you you kind of have to imagine that um, Bach's son may have been in on the, the joke, um, but who knows? Who knows how it was received? We don't know. If if the king was pleased by this this gift, we don't know, you know. It, there's just a, a lot we don't know about um, how this was received. We we do know we should be lucky that this music has survived. So the sixth uh, sixth part rather fugue is um, interesting because it's uh, it's long, and. Just to cover exactly what we mean by a six-part fugue, Um, six parts doesn't mean that it's got six different sections in it, but rather there are going to be six voices. Um, And I don't mean singing voices, but just musical voices. So if we're looking at a a piece of uh, music paper, we'd have six staves going across. And so that means you could play it with six different instruments. So each person's on their own line, and at some point they're all going to be all going to be playing, <laughs> and that theme has to make itself presented on all six lines, um, combined with with other music that's going on, um, following a more or less standard uh, formula for how fugues would work, at least in the time of Bach, um, which wouldn't be terribly different, for instance, in looking at a classic-era sonata and saying, well, it follows the sonata allegro form." There are, there are aspects of a fugue, the subject of the fugue. There's counter-subjects. There's expositions. There, there are some formal things, labels, that we could place on, on fugues written around this time. And so Bach does that, but he does it in six parts, which, is, which was what the challenge was. Um, and to do that, he has to come up with some uh, creative solutions to make that work and to fit the definition in his time of what is a fugue. Uh, and what makes it especially challenging is that it's not written for six different instruments. It's written for one instrument Two hands, and so uh, as difficult as I think it is to, to play a four-part fugue on the, on the piano or on a keyboard, um, or let's say a fugue on the organ with your feet and your two hands, here he's, he's asking the performer to do this with, with just two hands. So uh, not only is the... Uh, the art of writing in six parts difficult. It's also difficult to play that with just two hands, uh, and so that's what makes this piece especially interesting. Is that he 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 does it and he does it well, and it's a it's a neat piece of music. So I'm going to start with the first uh, listing to this with a piece that um, doesn't always get box credit because the. Serialist composer Anton Webern uh, makes an arrangement of Bach's six-part Your Car, or this big fugue, and uh, he adapts it for the modern symphony orchestra. And it's interesting because it, uh, and the reason why music students study it um, and revere it is not so much that, yeah, here's a composer who literally takes Bach's work and just arranges it. But we don't call it an arrangement because what Webern does is uh, he's a master orchestrator and uh, his shtick, his if you will, is to um, take the voices that we've talked about, the six voices, and instead of keeping them on one instrument, uh, he passes them around the orchestra. Um, and so something might start in the strings, but then it's joined with the flute, and then the f- strings disappear, and the flute's by itself, and then just as you get used to that, it passes on to something else. So it's almost as if you are listening to this music coming out of a kaleidoscope that you are slowly twisting as the music plays, and the colors are shifting, and the, the timbre and the, the strength of things change. And meanwhile you sort of recognize this haunting chromatic theme as it keeps coming in and building. So this this first recording is it's the only one that I have actually of the Webern uh, Reacher car. Um, and it's 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 one that I've uh, shared before because the album uh, also has uh, some music that I like and have featured. It has the uh, cantata. Priestlag and Todes uh, BWV number four. So this is uh, directed by Christoph Poppen. And Poppen is, um, uh, by training, was a violinist. And he is leading here. Uh, I'm going to get the pronunciation right, so I'm picking up my microphone. The Munchener Camera Orchestra, the, the, the Munich uh, Chamber Orchestra. And in this album, which appears on the ECM New Series label, um, they are joined by the Hilliard Ensemble. So if you're doing a search and uh, you're not sure, the title of the album is Your Car. And they give us two readings of this, which I think is generous, um, two different takes of this. But this is um, the six-part Your Car, as reorchestrated by Anton Webern. So, I, I hate to stop it, but we can't listen to the whole thing. Um, it's just an interesting piece of music. It's somewhat experimental. Uh, I can only imagine when it was released. Uh, thought the reactions would have been very interesting, taking this very archaic old piece by Bach. And uh, it just, the orchestration just m- makes you kind of perk up and, and pay attention a little more. Uh, I sense myself, I lose the sense of hearing the fugue as it is because the juxtaposition of the lines amongst different um, combinations of instruments or soloists in the orchestra, to me, make it very interesting. And it really brings out for me some of the, uh, just the beauty of Bach's writing. Um, you know, for, let's forget the the academic exercise of making six uh voices work with with the same theme. uh, It's just kind of interesting. That same interest uh, was uh, uh, an ideal in a recording that came out, um, I believe in the late 90s, my notes say 96, by the uh, ensemble known as Ensemble Sonnerie, um, with Monica Huggett as the director. Uh, Monica Huggett is a baroque violinist, and she her ensemble plays on baroque instruments. But they've they've arranged the six part Reacher car. Uh, they present it um, sort of as is uh, on the harpsichord, but they also give us this version that's been orchestrated for different instruments. And for me, it's ah uh, it's somewhere between the original version in the text and this Webern version um, it's much easier to follow the lines in this one because the instruments don't change and these are baroque instruments they're from the baroque sound world but it is out there in terms of this is this is not something that at least for our knowledge that bach left us and so it is a bit of an arrangement in itself but i've i've lived with this recording for many years and it it has stood the test of time it's been enjoyable and so, because you just heard the Webern version of Bach's Reacher Car, I'm going to uh, give you the opening uh, again, but this time with Monica Huggett's Ensemble Sonnery. nice about this is we can hear each voice very clearly independently because of the different timbre of the instruments uh, mixing woodwinds and strings together uh, it makes for a very um, lucid realization and I think the playing is beautiful I um, I just think it's a gorgeous sound I give them credit for the arrangement um, and so I would highly recommend you, you seek this one out. It came out on the Virgin Veritas label. And since that label no longer exists, um, it'll likely be reissued. Who's, who did Virgin Veritas after? I'll have to look that up. Um, but I'm sure the, the title is still available in the catalog. Ensemble Sonary Box Musical Offering. This next one, we get the Reacher car on a set of Bach arrangements. And so this takes that theme again of giving us um, multiple instruments to realize this six-part fugue. But instead of hearing it uh, on instruments with different timbres, uh, we now get a consort of vials. This is the uh, group Fretwork. This comes from their album uh, from... 2005 entitled Aliomodo. I I really like some of the selections on this album, and this gives you a yet a very different uh, uh, sound world, more alike perhaps to hearing everything on one instrument such as a harpsichord or a piano. But here we have independent instruments for the voices, but playing from the same family of sound. I gave you kind of a generous clip there and I, I didn't start at the beginning with that one. Cause I want to get you a little bit further into this piece of music. And uh, first of all, when that the last statement uh, comes in there in the bass, uh, it gives me a little bit of goosebumps just because uh, of what Bach's doing. He, the theme becomes the, the, the bass, And what that means musically is it, it, gives the uh, direction of harmony. And so this theme that we've been living with, it becomes the harmonic foundation finally for the piece. And and after that, we go through several episodes and those little chromatic inflections are there and it it creates some really... um, interesting almost modern sounding harmonies that's that's what Bach had to do to make this fit uh, and given these very old-fashioned instruments these this consort of viols um, it just pushes the limits to what you're used to hearing with these instruments at least in the context of uh, historical music. there have been composers writing for these instruments in a very modern sense and That would be weird too, (laughs) not weird in a bad way, just different. Um, But it's it's just incredible music, and you can almost hear that the you know the sound just kind of ooh uh, resonate because uh, of those chromatic, the color that comes to adding uh, chromatic notes into the harmonies. There, Um, really enjoy that recording. Again, that's fret work and for those of you not familiar with the instruments a viol is is a string instrument obviously and as a family uh they're all sizes there are viols that you uh they're the size of a violin there's vials that are cello sized and and bigger till you get to like double bass and vials uh unlike a violin typically were not played under the chin um they many times are played uh, with a different hand arrangement on the bow. Uh, it's a, it's a underhand bowing, uh, and viols can have multiple different strings on them, and many viols are going to have frets on them to where you put your finger down. Um, so it's it's sort of a predecessor to the more Italian violin family. It was popular, made popular originally in the Renaissance, uh, into the early Baroque, and so you have an English composer like Henry Purcell, who is still writing for a concert of viols, but at his time um, people could pick up his music when it was published, and they may very well have uh, interpreted on the more fashionable Italian instruments. but it works here. The, the cool thing about vial music and the whole point of having a consort of vials, a collection, if you will, uh, is that the, the sound of multiple instruments together just sort of fits together like it's one. Um, they can emulate the sound, if you will, like an organ. Um, it just melds very well. Um, not unlike, I think, a really good matched string quartet can. Uh, in the more modern sense. If you get players who um, have a similar tone to one another um, and there's certain, there's certain music that's, that's written, especially, um, let's say, in the later 19th and 20th centuries where the composer wants that ensemble to have a very cohesive sound. And then, uh, of course, it's interesting from a composer stand standpoint when they break away from that and we have you know a viola who's sticking out or the first violin who's is dominating the the texture or the cello who comes in and does something um, the last example i'm going to share with you is probably my favorite if i had to pick one and these are all real favorites um, but if i had to pick just one and i think i've pulled from this album before as well uh, this is another album that has uh, arrangements, if you will, of pieces by Bach. This one, uh, we've kind of followed a progression here. I went all the way out and went, gave you the, the 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 one with all the colors from uh, Webern. And we went to Ensemble Sonnery, and we came to a very similar sounding texture with the one we just heard from Fretwork. And this one uh, is sort of, different still. Here in this example, we're going to hear different, um, different texture. Um, It's not as clear. We don't have six instruments. We have, uh, I believe you're gonna hear three instruments. And the instruments are piano, um, violin, I have a correct cello if I remember. so a piano, modern piano, uh, and the modern piano is going to play more than one part. Um, and why do I like this? Because it doesn't really uh, subscribe to some of the things I think made the other recordings really stand out. That clarity in having one voice per part, being able to hear the the six parts of the six part fugue. Um, it doesn't have sort of the interesting colors that we, we heard maybe in the uh, the arrangement, if you will, of ensemble Sonore. And so why do I like this? I just think the musicians in this one are really responding to the music. And I'm going to um, skip ahead towards the latter part of the piece so you can hear it. And for your edification, if you want to go out and get this recording, Um, It was released in 2013 And the name of the ensemble is Ensemble Contrast Um, The title of the album is J.S. Bach Transcriptions Ensemble Contrast And um, this is an ensemble that uh, plays all ranges of music But this album is dedicated to the music of Bach And this is the six-part Reacher Car from the musical offering. hear viola in there as well. And I I do not have um, the recording right in front of me, but I remember um, somewhat vaguely having the uh, liner notes that they were um, augmenting that particular one with another instrument. So violin, viola, cello, and piano. to me, part of, part of the appeal to this recording is recognizing the themes, recognizing the piece, um, and it all starts with hearing it on one instrument. And I think um, there's something to be said to hear it just for the keyboard, whether it's the piano or the harpsichord, but just you know one instrument, one player. And there's something uh, that happens when you start messing around with these arrangements, if you want to call them that, um, reorchestrations of the piece, Uh, in that certain, certain motives and things that you hear sort of stand out. But there's something that an ensemble does that in some ways would make it difficult for a single player especially on uh, an instrument like the harpsichord and that's just how to build that drama and this this group does it i think so well Um, it's it's interesting to me because all this music is i mean there's a constant stream of music from the beginning of the piece to the end there's there's no big breaks in it and if you look at sort of what i would call the histogram or the or the what the audio looks like on the computer in terms of the, the volume levels um, there are some definite shapes going on here uh, in some of these recordings in this one especially uh, and they are they are rising to the challenge um, some of the moments you just heard in that recording really make give me chills. Uh, it's hard for me to explain why there's just this buildup of tension. Uh, all these voices coming together, and as we just heard, you know, it just all of a sudden just lightens up. It's 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 almost like clouds are uh, brewing in the sky, and you you feel like there's this big storm going to come. And then all of a sudden, the clouds sort of part. There's a little sun that comes out, and you're like, maybe maybe it's not going to storm at all. Uh, and Bach goes into one of his um, motivic uh, interludes in the, in the fugue where. Uh, we're not presenting the fugal theme anymore, but we're, we're still playing with those voices uh, before we introduce the theme again. Um, again, pretty standard stuff what Bach does, but he's given unusual circumstances to put it together. And as we might expect by anything that Bach did, he did it so well. Uh, and he did it so well that I think he's inspired some of us in the 20th century here to play around with what he left us and try to explore its depths. And what I hope I did for you today in this episode was give you some different tastes of uh, how you might start to or continue to uh, appreciate, fall in love with this this piece. Um, It's easy to listen to. It's not easy to perform. uh, And some of these ensembles have taken on that task with some interesting results. And I hope you heard something you liked. And thank you, because we're at the end of another episode. Thank you for listening to Botcast. I'm your host, John Hendren. And if you'd like to hear more, uh, you can find us online. Uh, The website for the podcast and the website for music reviews is Bieberfan.org. That's spelled B-I-B-E-R-F-A-N dot not only am I a fan of the music of Bach, I'm the fan of uh, the music of Heinrich uh, Ignaz Franz von Bieber, uh, of Antonio Vivaldi, of George Philip Talaman. If you, if you like Baroque music, um, we've got reviews there for you to uh, check out. And thank you.